Welcome to another episode of the Strive for 25 podcast, where our team is helping people build their financial freedom. And one of the things we talk a lot about is saving and investing 25% of one's income. And I'm your host, Joel Farrell. And each week we dig into the ways that people are generating more income to be able to save more money and the ways that they are investing that hard-earned dollar. And lastly, the how, how people are making these changes. Because again, we're talking about changes. We're talking about changing behaviors. Let's get into today's content so we can help you on your financial journey towards living a life with the power of choice. Welcome back to another episode of the Strive for 25 podcast. And I've got an amazing guest on today, Alex Jacobs. And he is a software engineer, entrepreneur, and uh, cannot wait to dig into his story. Uh, he's got a lot going on in his world. Um, but Alex, thanks so much for taking time with us today. And if you could give us a little bit of background on what you do. Yeah, thank you for having me on, Joel. Um, I'm a software engineer. I've been doing it for about six years now. Um, I graduated college with a degree in cybersecurity and computer science. And um, I liked the security education I got. And I had some internships with that, but it ended up just not being what I wanted. I kind of liked programming um, day in and day out. So I got a job with Enterprise Holdings, which is one of the largest private held companies in America. Um, I think they're like on par for, I think when I looked it up, it was like 130 on the Fortune 500 list of private companies. Um, worked there for five years. Um, but the whole time I was there, I was I was really just dreaming of having my own schedule, having financial freedom, um, being like an entrepreneur that starts a company and is able to, you know, finally hopefully one day uh, be self-sufficient and be able to quit my, my job that has managers and schedules and tons of meetings. And just, I, I kind of felt held back the whole time. So I was always on this course of, um, you know, trying to be an entrepreneur. Yep. Absolutely. That's awesome. There's a lot to dig into there, but just to kind of outline for the listeners out there, the entrepreneurial side of things, you know, these skills that you've been able to build over time in terms of the computer programming, cyber, all, all the stuff, what are some of the projects that you're working on right now? Well, right now I have, um, I actually have a full-time job with exotic car trader. Um, they deal high-end vehicles down in Fort Lauderdale, but they're really a software company. Um, so really they never have inventory of the cars. They just match buyers to sellers and they handle the full process. Um, so I have that going on. Uh, I actually worked for about two months on a new application this spring. It's called PB Coach. And what that does is uh, is really for golf course managers and superintendents that manage the workers that, you know, tend to the turf and the greens and the bunkers and everything. Uh, what they what they needed was a way to automate creating maps of their entire golf course and being able to um write things on them, put icons on them, uh, and build out these, we call them books for their workers and for the golfers with instructions and visuals and all that kind of stuff. So I spent about, I would say about two and a half months. Uh, and that's actually rolling out this week to our first customer. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I know we talked a little bit about that, but I didn't realize it was already ready to go. Yes. And it's really exciting. Um, you have worked on something for a while and you finally have it ready for like it's MVP minimum viable product, and uh, you put it out to production, get it online and get your first customer on it. That's a really good feeling. 
That's awesome. Um, any other projects you want to just highlight real quick to kind of give an overview? Yeah, that's really what I have going on right now. Um, in the I have past, some past projects. Past. Yeah. So the one before that, um, I spent about a year on. It's called Appreform, and it is a a pretty comprehensive task um, labor management system for municipalities that do parks and rec and um, whatever, whatever other departments are in the municipality. Um, it could be like electrical work. It could be like road work, all that kind of stuff. Um, they can really uh, manage all their departments with their labor and the tasks that they do every day. And we generate reports. That is actually live. We only have one customer right now. Um, kind of uh, slower rolling it out, just doing a lot of testing, but that was what I did before the PB Coach app. Um, a couple of things before that was uh, MPUComp, and that was a cool one. Um, a lady runs in Louisiana, she runs a company for unemployment claims. When, you know, like an employer like uh, Home Depot, they have employees and those employees sometimes quit and they file for unemployment. Uh, there's tax penalties, there's big uh, fees along with that. She handles that between her clients, the claimants, and the states. And uh, she's been doing it for 35 years, and it, she just knew that it was time to um, make the process easier, to uh, make her service stickier with her with her clients. You know, when they have this piece of software that automates things and puts everything in one spot and increases security of data, uh, it really makes it harder to, to leave. And she was able to um, get longer contracts and renew her contracts easier. Um, you know, it's like when you have contracts with a company and they're about to expire, that company asks you, why should I stay with you instead of going to a competitor? Well, does that competitor have this piece of software that gives you, you know, easy access to everything, peace of mind, gives you, it, it allows you to do things in a couple clicks. Um, just that, that whole idea of what software can do and automate a, a manual process uh, when, you know, when she's able to provide that companies can't leave her, you know? Uh, so we, so I had that one that was really cool. Um, Actually, uh, you're from St. Louis, Joel. Um, you know Roger Dean Stadium, where the Cardinals yeah. play. Uh, you know, do the spring tra uh, spring training for is, baseball. Is that Jupiter? No, is that Jupiter? It's it's in Jupiter, yeah. and the Marlins use the same location for their spring training as well. And there's a bunch of AAA tournaments that always go on there. Well, a guy down there that we that a buddy of mine knew, he is the head grounds manager there, and you know he said, "Hey, we apply all these chemicals, these pesticides and fertilizers." Uh, and seed and we do all these things every single day and we have to keep logs on these things it's it, you know it's required by the state and so they write it down on a piece of paper they stuff it in a file cabinet and you know they have schedules and they have all these things that people have to do every day well he's like it's just printed out on a piece of paper and it's on a bulletin board he's like i think there's so much that we could do here um so we built them out of a, a labor management that's kind of where the whole labor management side of things started to come from um, and we built them out this ability to keep logs and the, the ideas started flowing. So we ended up doing equipment uh, inventory, product inventory. Uh, you know, we could keep track down to the scent of everything that they were spending on all of their products. And um, and we started just building all this out. And then we got into, uh, OK, well, we have to know, like we got kind of got scientific with it. We have to know all these 
um, all this data for the nutrients our soil is getting. So we, uh, we did an integration with this soil sensor company. And so you stick the soil sensor in the ground and it uploads the data for the nutrients um, to uh, a cell tower and it hits our API. And then we're able to automate tasks and provide reports and charts and everything um, for the actual nutrients in the soil. And uh, so, so we started doing that. We started, um, I did an integration with Google, uh, with Google Maps with their satellite views. And you're able to um, map out your entire uh, facility. And then we can do a lot with that. We can actually see on a map, um, where's our equipment? Because we started doing equipment tracking. So we can see where's our equipment. If a $100,000 mower got, uh, got stolen and it ended up in Alabama, we would be able to see on Google Maps that piece of equipment in Alabama. So uh, cool stuff there. Um, because we mapped everything out and we were able to take calculations of the area and acreage that like a piece of like a field comprises. So a lot of these nutrients um, that they spread the fertilizer may say apply this amount over this many acreage or this many square feet. So we're able to start giving like detailed um, output on how much should be spread and then how much gets reduced from when you, when you do an application, how much comes out of our product inventory for this fertilizer. And then we're, you know, we're able to automate alerts like, Hey, we're getting low on this, on this type of fertilizer. You need to buy some more. Um, you know, we, we just did so much with it. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Um, I could go on for days about it. <laughs> well, I know the level of expertise is obviously at a high level. And, you know, the biggest thing that I really want to be able to let listeners know about is that, you know, at the end of the day, everyone's going to have their own kind of niche or their own, you know, industry or whatnot. Um, but you got a full-time job. You're doing these projects on the side. You're married. Yep. And kids on, yeah. on, on the way, right? Yeah, I have I have one daughter. Um, she's about a year and seven months right now, and she's a tornado, but she's amazing. <laughs> so I mean, like like most families, you know, your hands are full. Um, so why the hell are you spend all this time doing this extra work? Why, why why is that important for you? Yeah, I think, and this is what I have in common with everyone that you talk to on this podcast. Um, I really want financial freedom. I I. I want to work hard. And then when I do finally take downtime, it, it just makes that downtime that much better when you, when you're doing something productive and you're striving for a better future. And uh, when I finally take a day and hang out in the boat, you know, um, and I don't do any work, it just, it makes that day so much better, you know? So, and one day I, I wanted to just be like, Hey, um, I've built an empire. I can pass that down to my kids. It's just that dream. That's awesome. Makes that day so much better. I mean, it's so simple, but I mean, it, it does when you're going, 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 building, building, building. And then all of a sudden, like you can know that you've seen that success over a period of time. I mean, it definitely makes a difference in how you view things. Um, the current job you have right now, you mentioned exotic car company, but it's a software company. Can you share a little bit about what you've been working on with them in terms of yeah, the, so the deliverable? So I started out with them contracting. So I was still working at Enterprise. Um, they started paying me hourly for contract work. Uh, a good friend of mine that I went to college with, he was the one that came by them first and started doing contracting. Uh, and then they just, they're growing and they need they need more software. They need better software. Uh, so it's just me and him. 
and uh, eventually, like they saw that what, what we could do, we built out a, a quick application for them. Um, basically, no matter where a seller is in the United States, they can have a photographer out to take professional uh, photographs of your vehicle to list online. And they can do that. They can get a photographer out there within a day. And that's pretty cool because you think, okay, what if you're just out in the middle of Montana? We can still get a photographer. So they have a kind of like a proprietary way of doing that, of hooking up photographers uh-huh. and have and having the same quality every time. Um, what they needed is an application to manage these, to, to, to kind of post new shoots and, um, and hook up photographers, get it shot, have the photos uploaded. Um, they needed blog write-ups on them. So they have other people for that. They needed all these things. And we kind of put this app to manage all that and streamline it. Uh, so, and we did that extremely quick and they're like, wow, the, like the power of this is, is crazy because what was such a convoluted process that took a while that had disorganization, we quickly provided an application that can streamline it, organize it, uh, and make it, you know, uh, repeatable every single time. Um, and that there's a lot of value there when it comes to an operation of a company. So they're like, it's time that we get full-time software engineers and we uh, truly become a software company. Um, there's two owners and they are remarkable. They did this in five years with, they have no coding experience, no formal education in it. Um, and they use all no code uh, tools. You know, everything, I think everyone's heard of WordPress Yeah. and um, uh, thanks to Alec Wilson for hooking me up with you, Joel, but he's a very good friend of mine. He started a company, Firefly, and he he didn't need all this software yet. He was just starting out. So he used, um, I think, Squarespace or Wix and very easily, no experience, could build himself a website uh, to, to showcase what his company does. And that's great. But as you grow, as you need more functionality around your business operation, you you start adding on to it and you quickly outgrow these no code tools. There's a lot of limitations in them. And when you do build complexing or things around them, it breaks. It's like duct software that's duct taped together. Um, so they got to that point. They, all of their stuff was breaking daily. Uh, you know, and they're just putting out fires all the time. They use, uh, uh, so it's called Webflow. It's, it's like WordPress for their website. Then they used Bubble for their backend processing, like their backend logic, and the, uh, the, it kind of provides a database, but it's not a formal database. And then they they need to integrate with all these other tools. They use um, these other tools for their transactions team and their listing agents. Um, and so they have to provide this integration and pass data back and forth and create you know deals and whatever else. Uh, so all of this kind of has data being duplicated. And when you don't have a central source of, of data, like a database where it's a central source of truth, then you start duplicating data and it gets out of sync you, and you just have issues. So they got to this point where their system was way too complex for these no-code solutions. And they said, basically, it's time for real software engineers to rebuild this entire company in custom software. And that's what we've been doing for the past year. Um, so they brought me on full-time and they brought my uh, partner on Jackson full-time. And, you know, we've flown down to Fort Lauderdale twice now and met the team and spent a week down there. Um, you know, and it's, it's really a tight knit family and we got big dreams um, and we're, we're accomplishing them. That's awesome. And, and how did that 
that initiation or conversation even start? How, what was that first step to even have that opportunity? Yeah. So, uh, my partner Jackson, he, I think he was on some platform and they just reached out. Maybe, maybe it was like Fiverr, you know, you can say, Hey, I have this skill set, and then people yeah. come to hire you on usually like an hourly rate. So he started doing that. Um, and they, they liked what he could do. And they said, Hey, let's, he, I, I'm pretty sure he said, Hey, we've got a lot of work here. I've got a friend that's good at what he does. He does the same thing as me. Um, you got, do you guys want to bring him on? And they said, yeah. So, so I, I just did a couple phone calls with them, you know, at first, um, they wanted to get to know me, feel me out, which is, is valid. Um, I think they could quickly tell that I'm the type of guy they're looking for. Um, and because I know Jackson very well, you know, we make a great team and we really do like he, we pick each other's, uh, strengths up and then, and then kind of fill the voids in our weaknesses. And, and we're like a super team, but, um, anyways, so they're like, okay, this is cool. Uh, we're going to start having you contract. And I start started doing that. So last May or end of April, I, I was playing hockey and I broke my leg. So I ended up spending like a month just down for the counts. You know, I was in the hospital for a week, another four weeks in bed at home. And uh, dude, I was just working a ton, putting in a ton of hours, just started rebuilding everything that they do, learning their business and doing it. Um, so when they decided that they wanted us to be full time, uh, they flew up from Fort Lauderdale to St. Louis, took us out for a steak dinner and we went to Top Golf, and, you know, just had a good time. And they're like, you know, these guys are great. Let's hire them. So uh, they put an offer on the table and um, I, I really didn't look back. I knew that's what I wanted. I, I always dreamed of leaving the corp, the big America corporate office and getting to something that I felt like I had more ownership in. Like I said, it's it's only me and Jackson as far as software developers. If we if we keep on growing and we hire more developers, I'm built in as a CTO, you know. So uh, I just saw the potential. Yeah, it's been the best decision I've ever made, really, other than like you know marrying my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's awesome. I, I love to hear that because you know, there's obviously you know it's a journey, right? And not everything works out perfectly. And you know, you and I were shared you know, some things that happened along the way were a couple of startups that you were working on didn't work out exactly as you had hoped. And there were some setbacks. Things don't always work out perfectly. Um, and I, I want to get into that in a second, but back to the financial freedom part of it. You know, you mentioned that as, you know, the reason, one of the reasons why you're pushing yourself to do these other jobs and whatnot um, on, on the side, but why, what does that mean to you? Why, you know, can you explain a little bit more about why it's important to you? Oh man. Yeah. Uh, financial stress, I think is the worst kind of stress I can personally have. Um, you know, I, when I was in college, I made $10 an hour and I only worked part-time. I racked up a lot of credit card debt, you know, and everything keeps on getting more expensive. And I've never been that frugal of a guy. I've never been good at budgeting. Uh, it's like, you know, you watch a YouTube video about finances and stuff like that. And it's all about budgeting and man, I pinching pennies is hard. So what, what am I to do? I'm, I just need to make more money. So I have all this credit card debt and I, I graduate college. I, I make, start out making like $62,000 a year. And that felt like $300,000 a year at the time, but I quickly outgrew it. You know, I've, you know, moved apartments, you kind of make your standard of living nicer and, and that money doesn't go as far. I, I just always had this credit card debt on my back. Um, and every time I, I kept on moving up the ladder as far as making more money, you know, 
it, it's never quite enough. So I'm, I'm just always on the drive to, to make more. And, and hopefully, you know, one day it's just, it just starts piling up. And I mean, over six years, I've, I've had a couple periods of time where I've paid off all my credit card debt and then I rack it back up again, you know, a wedding and a kid and moving, buying my first house. And I moved, we bought our second house and I bought a boat. I, I needed a truck to pull that boat. And, and so you kind of, you kind of have all these periods where you end up spending more money and racking it up again and you got to wipe it out again. During that time, you know, I've, I've learned a lot. You know, I've, if you would have asked me when I was, when I graduated college about taxes, you know, I'm like, I filed them. I pay a lady to do that, but I don't know anything about it, but learning more about taxes, like that's a, that's a, a, a vital key to financial success as well. Um, you know, you don't want to just let your tax person or TurboTax tell you how to do something. You want to know what you can do to reduce your, your taxable income. So this, just this journey of how do I get there? It's all part of it. I, you know, even, when I was in college, I started doing stocks and I went through many periods of that. I went, I, I first started with Warren Buffett's theory. You got to, you know, do dividend stocks. You got to hold on to them until you're 60. And, and then I started kind of venturing out into these other theories of how do you play the stock market? I started wanting to do day trading. You can't really do day trading unless you have $25,000 in your account um, in, in America. So I, I, I mean, I just explored all the avenues. What if I did an offshore account? You know, it's just like, I explored all these things. Um, I switched from day trading to swing trading because you can't really day trade. So swing trading is where you trade every few days and you try and play charts and, um, buy low and, and, and you, you, there's all kinds of different chart theories. I did all of them. I would have a ton of success and then I would lose it a ton of success and then lose it. And I felt like, when I did lose money on the stock market, it was always directly related, not to how I was playing it, but it was more related to politics. You know, Trump gets into office, people have overreactions about that, they sell off. COVID, you know, happens, sells off. So it, I just found it to be way too hard. I even played options at one point and learned all about options. And I was doing all kinds of different things with the options. I made a ton of money really quick. And then, and then I'd have, I have a deal where I lose it. I, I think though, as far as picking companies, I was, I think I was good at it. I mean, I got into PayPal when they were like $20. I got into square when they were $20. I got into all these companies, Cloudflare, uh, that were, you know, maybe around 500 million, uh, market cap at the time. And they grew up to be 10 billion. And, but I sold them too quick. I was way too eager. Um, yeah. you know, they went from $20 to $60 and I'm like, wow, I got to sell because they're going to come back down the RSI. They're way overbought. They're going to come back down. I can buy them again. And they never came back down until pretty much I was out of the stock market. And, you know, my dad told me, my dad is a really hard worker. He's done manual labor his whole life. But, you know, one thing that he has always found is that you can't, can't have other people make your money. You've got to work. You've got to make your money. It's the only sure way of doing it. And, you know, as I've grown older and matured, I've seen that. So that's when I kind of switched from this, hey, I want to get rich quick, play the stock market, that kind of stuff to, hey, I've got a skill. I need to utilize the skill to make me money. I need to make that process repeatable and build something that I can I can really, truly uh, have for sure cash on, you know, in. There's been a lot of ideas where I've built software. I spent a year on them and and they just ended up being duds. They fizzled out. Something went wrong, but uh, it it's provided me, 
you know, one step after another. And I finally got to a place where like, you know, I'm doing really well for myself. Uh, so I'm, I'm thankful. It, it really is about a mindset. It's about not getting knocked down. It's about, um, you know, if, if one thing doesn't work out, what's the next thing, you know, you can't sit idle. And that mindset has, I, I feel made me successful and, um, it's going to continue to, you know, benefit me going forward. Yeah. I mean, kind of digging a little bit deeper on that, like, you know, I think one of the startups that you and I were talking about previously, you know, didn't work out as you envisioned. Can you share a little bit about kind of that journey, you know, why it didn't work out if, you know, in general, if you want to be very general and then kind of what happened next? Yeah. So the first, I have a couple that didn't really work out. The first one I tried um, was truly a, a complex application that I felt that I, I did really well at. And I think it could have benefited I think it could have benefited a lot of people in the, in the industry. It was for, um, it was for lawyers and, and law students. Basically I automated this whole book. It was about an, about a inch and a half thick book. And there's just tons of rules in it. And I automated that. I built a tool for doing it. And anyway, Harvard university, their law school, they own this book, um, with Yale and some of those other Ivy league schools, but they're the, like the main owners and, at the time, I was talking to uh, the president of this association, and he was working with me, but only third-year law students can hold this position, so every year they get a new one. So he graduated, and the next guy that came in was like, I'm not going to work with this guy. I don't – I actually want this application to, to come out and you know be used by the public. So he told me that they own the copyright uh, you know, laws to the book and that I was in violation of them. So I talked to I talked to some patent lawyers and uh, you know went over the whole situation and they actually said like they don't have the rights to to stop you from from putting this application out there um, it's actually not covered by copyright and they cannot patent uh, a set of rules basically they can patent the specific lingo that they use the words that they use but as long as you're not uh, plagiarizing those and you're just building a system around a set of rules, you're, you're not in violation, but, um, you know, this guy was a, a pretty hard head. Uh, he, uh, he basically told me, you know, we're going to take you to court and uh, we're Harvard, you know, we've got a lot of money. Um, so I decided to just hang that one up and, uh, move on. Yeah. So you, you, you spent a year on that, right? And uh, through I, all that, probably more like two years on that one. It was, it was a big, it was a big app. I, I learned a lot during the process and it, that actually set me up to do my, my next applications. It made me better at my job, my full-time job. Uh, so it's not a loss. Yeah. I, you said it made you better at your job and, and like to take that into like a, an actual example, like what do you, what do you mean by that? What, what happened, what was going on? Cause you were at enterprise at that time, you know, what was going on at that time and then what were some of the results that went, that happened? When I got hired at Enterprise, I had really no training for what I was doing. Like I said, I went to school for security, cybersecurity. Um, and I came in here and we had to do programming of software applications. I, I knew how to, how to program basically, but there's so much more than just straight up programming that goes into a, the full life cycle of a software application. I was clueless. So I had to learn a lot really quick so that I felt like, why are these, you know, I, I hate the feeling of when I was, when I was first there, sometimes I would have the feeling of, 
why do they even employ me? If I don't learn this stuff really quick and get really good at it, what if they decide that, hey, this guy's we're just kind of wasting our money on this guy. We need to drop him. You know, I don't I don't want to get laid off. I don't ever want to be in the position where I lose my job and then I can't pay my rents at the time I was renting you know, or my mortgage statement, whatever it may be. So I had to get good quick. So this project was really um, my way of just, you know, sitting down for hours and hours and hours for two years almost and learning the stuff by myself. I did a lot of stuff that um, I wouldn't be able to learn just hands-on at my job and made me better at troubleshooting. It made me better at finding answers to things, um, to issues. Uh, if I had this idea of what I want to do, how do I accomplish that? You know, it develops my skill set. And that did make me better at my job. It, it directly translated into my full-time, you know, 40 hour a week job. So go, going through that, that journey, kind of what, what was your mindset or mission or, or kind of the light, light, the light at the end of the time that kept you going, you know, then and versus how you look at it now? What kept me going truly, um, <laughs> because when I was in college, I tried to do an Amazon FBA shipment business where I brought imported goods in and tried to have a store on Amazon. And that was an epic fail. I quit. I never did that again. So like that was something I failed at. I was out. What kept me going with software is, yes, I do this every day for a, for a living. But also, I knew that this software was actually the best business model that I could think of. Other, if you, if, if you want to be an entrepreneur and you say, I want to start a business and I'm going to start doing this. Typically, you need capital. You need some. You need money to start it, right? And and usually it's not cheap. You you need usually tens of thousands of dollars at least. If you don't have tens of thousands of dollars, how do I raise that? You know, do I crowdfund it? Do do I give up equity? You know, do I go to a venture capitalist and try and you know get someone to put money into this idea? With software, you don't need that. If you think about it. It, it, it costs it costs probably like a hundred dollars a month to host an application on Amazon web services and you've got a couple different services you're using with them but it's like a hundred dollars a month that's the cheapest thing you can get into and then not only it, it's it's not it's not laying concrete it's not um, you know it's not building something that's a one-time payment when you build software typically it's a subscription model so once you do that one time, and you start getting customers to pay for it, that that's a reoccurring payment that you get, whether it be monthly or annually. Um, so at, at some point you say like, this is the best business model that is even around. You know, I build something, I put time in, I get customers, I attain those customers, unless they leave me, I keep on getting this check residually until I either die or they, they stop using, you know, my service. Okay. So, uh, that's, that's what's truly lucrative about building software applications. So when you started college, did you have that in mind or is this something you realized over time? Yeah, I definitely realized it over time. I had no idea. No idea. I, oh. when I, when I started college, I thought that I would be like a pen tester, which is, which is like, if you think about a hacker, you're like a hacker, but, um, but you're one of the good guys. Basically you hack to then prevent other hackers yeah. from doing something malicious. That's what I thought I would do. And that's called a what tester? A, a penetration tester. Oh, okay, so, okay, okay. Yeah, so companies will usually uh, hire um, 
penetration testers to test their network and their applications and make sure that, you know, uh, people aren't able to do something bad. Uh, for instance, like years ago, I mean, it happens all the time, but you hear about like Target or, you know, Best Buy or Walmart getting hacked or some company got hacked and all these passwords and personal information are out on the internet, you know, out on the, on the black web. Uh, so that's kind of what I thought I would do. And I, I really um, enjoyed that, but, but that's not, there's, there's more to cybersecurity and the other sides of it are just very dull. So I knew I didn't want to do it. So when you look at this industry, you mentioned it's one of the best to be able you know, talking about the, the subscription model and, you know, the over and over types of, of recurring revenues. If there's somebody that's out there listening to this, that, wherever walk of life, wherever, wherever point in their journey they are. And they say, you know what? Like I'm looking for something different, looking for something to be able to pick up and maybe add in some extra revenue or side hustle or whatever. What advice would you have for that person? And where would they start? Yeah. I mean, it, it all depends on what are you going to do to, what is that side hustle? What are you going to do to make extra money? Um, I, I think you just really have to explore it no matter what. I mean, only having one source of income is a, is a scary thing. Uh, if, if you can just get the mindset uh, to to have any kind of side hustle, you you have to do it. You have to stay busy. How do you get into it? I really don't know, I guess, in, unless, I, unless I knew what the idea was. I know you do real estate, and I, I want to get into the real estate game. And really, you know, it, it, I'm looking for my first my first rental property to be around a hundred thousand to 150,000. I'll, you know, I'll need some closing costs, but I'll probably need, uh, you know, 20 to $30,000 to put down. So I meet 20% don't have to pay PMI, but I, uh, I, I want to get into that. And that's something that's brand new to me. So, you know, don't be afraid to, to venture into other areas that are brand new to you that you don't know anything about. The thing is about today is there's, there's so many resources out there. Even if the only resource that you know about is YouTube, there's so much on YouTube. You just have to start learning about stuff and um, the ideas come. When you learn about things, you start having ideas. Yeah. I mean, that, that's so true. There's so much, there's so much, re so many resources out there, but at times it can be, you know, where do I go? Where do I start? What do I even look at? Um, yeah. So software development, building an, building an app, you know, is one deliverable that you're currently doing. And obviously cybersecurity is another thing. IT is another thing. There's there's obviously probably a million more different kind of angles you can take just from computer coding and just knowing about software and things like that. Is is there any any other tangible things you can say, hey, you know, this is one thing I know in this in this genre could be doable, workable to be able to get a job or get even a side hustle. In software? Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's so many, there's so many companies out there that are just looking for someone that's a jack of all trades that, that they just want to hire you for a couple hours to do something simple that they don't know how to do. Um, yeah, you can definitely, if, if you know anything about just about the web, about applications, about programming, scripting, maybe you even just all, all you know about is SEO, you know, and, and that's kind of a funny term to me about Google SEO and how do you get uh, websites to show up at the top of Google's uh, search results. You know, so there's all these little niches that you can that you can get out there, and there's platforms like Fiverr and I, there's a couple others that you can just put out like a, a just a little a little job. Hey, this is this is the, the kind of stuff that I do, 
and you can make multiple profiles um, and put many ads out there. So you can keep it very specific uh, and, and really find those people that are looking for just anything. And then I think, you know, what, what happened to me with, with it is it's like you start doing these little things and they, and people, uh, anyone that runs a company, they have more ideas. It, it's not their company doesn't stay idle. They, they always keep on evolving. So they're going to come back to you. So you really just have to start getting that first job, that second job, and then things are going to blossom out of it. And you look at the other people along your journey, you know, at previous companies that were in similar roles or in the same industry, you know, same type of thing, um, is kind of this side hustle project contracting thing on the side, the development. Is that something that's common, not common? What's the norm? I Man... You know, when you're at your job, I think there's a lot of things that you don't talk about. There's kind of like those red areas that you don't bring up because you don't want you don't want too much light being sh- shown on you. Like, you know, if you're if I'm an enterprise and, and management knows, hey, I'm doing all these other side things and they're like, well, are you doing are you actually putting in a full 40 hours here? Like I, I kind of kept it secret from other coworkers at the time, but I really did not get a sense that any of my coworkers were doing anything like that. I think that they were fine just coming in, putting in their time. You know, I, I think they wanted to learn. They're all eager to learn new things and develop new skills. But as far as entrepreneurial and oh, doing side hustles, I don't think any of them were. You know, even I've been gone for a year from uh, from Enterprise, and I reached out recently to a couple of my friends that I worked with and just asked how things are going. And I, everything's the exact same as far as like, their life goes, you know, there's been some involvements in the company, but I think they're just content. And to be honest, a lot of my friends are just content as well. You know, like they don't, they don't have these grand dreams and they don't stress out about it. They don't obsess about it. For me, like if I have any anxiety, it's about, I'm not progressing fast enough. It's an obsession. And um, so I don't think many of my friends are like that. I do have, you know, one partner that I do some of these projects with. And so, uh, you know, I think he has that mindset, but I don't think that Jackson. it, I don't think, well, actually, uh, Brendan. So it's okay. another kid I went to college with and we do some of our, um, some of the projects together, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I think, I don't think it drives him crazy. I think he's content where he is and he wants to, he wants to move forward and he wants to be financially free and he does these side hustles with me, but I don't think that it, it I don't think I don't think it stresses him out. I don't think it, you know, makes his heart rise up in his chest, just obsessing over it until, until it happens, you know, which, and that's how I am. So, so then, you know, what about Jackson? Where does he fall on that, on that spectrum or range? Jackson, Jackson's one of the smartest people I know. Uh, so he, he is, he's really smart. Um, I think, I think he's a little bit more simple than I am. Uh, like he moved on to the country where with like acreage and he's, he's like way out there all by himself. It takes him a half an hour to get to the grocery store and he doesn't leave his house for days and he loves it, you know? So I think, I think he, he has that drive. I'm not sure that it drives him as, as crazy as it does for me though. I think he's pretty like content, you know, out there just hanging out. Um, you know, he, he plays a lot of video games too. Like all, all my friends play a lot of video games, but I just don't have time for it. I would love to one day say, yeah, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to play, I'm going to play a ton of, put a ton of hours into this video game. I just can't do it. So I mean, like, I, yeah, there's, uh, there's definitely some differences between me and my friends for sure. <laughs> is is that something, you know, that you can sense in somebody early on, you know, if, you know, 
if they've got a similar type of uh, obsession or, or desire or purpose or is it something you can sense quickly or is it something you realize over time? A little bit of overtime. I think you can't really get to know someone and, and see what their day in and day out is and, until you know them for over time a little bit. But I think you can gain a lot from the first conversation. You know, maybe it's just the passion that someone has in their voice when they talk about what they do. Is yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a sports guy, so I, you know, I was on the air um, on a podcast a couple of days ago talking about uh, uh, he's an author, corporate, um, you know, kind of philosophy structure, and he started talking about you know Michael Jordan and you know some of the things that uh, were going on back in those days. I mean, is, is there somebody that you look to like, yeah, that's somebody I just really admire because they do X, Y, Z? You know, is somebody out there that you really admire? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure I look to anyone to be like my idol. I mean, as far as hard work goes, uh, definitely my dad, you know, but, um, as far as like a celebrity goes, I, I think there's a lot of really good people you can look up to, but I don't, I'm not sure that I have just, you know, one person that's like, Hey, this is the guy that I want to be. Fair enough. I, I love that answer. Right. I mean, you, you know where you want to go putting the work in and it's just the, the rest is history. The results will come kind of, kind of a mindset from a, a, a standpoint, kind of back to the, the current company right now. Do you want to share a little bit about the company name? You mentioned the owners and a little bit of the profile. Do you want to share a little bit about the name of the company? The, the my full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. It's exotic car trader. Okay. So you can, you can go to exotic and, uh, you know, we've been building out this new application for about, you know, about a year now, like I said, um, we still are not live with it. So we're hoping to be live, you know, by the end of the summer, I would, I would think that we should be rolling out everything that we've built over the past year. Um, we've made a lot of improvements on their current situation. Absolutely. But, um, cool. but like the true fireworks going to go off when we go live with uh, a couple of our new applications we built for them. You know, yeah, I mean, from, from customer acquisition, from, analyzing customers uh behavior within our system to just in just increasing the process uh efficiency for the agents who are working these deals between sellers and buyers we've automated so many of their manual processes that they don't even have to do them anymore so it frees up more time for them to do other things um and we've just we've streamlined the process to where when when we came on when Jackson and I came on with this company, we were doing about 30 cars a month and we're already doing about 70 cars a month. And when we go live with this new system, I would say like, there's absolutely no reason why we can't, uh, you know, double that because, you know, one thing that they were struggling with is they have these seasoned veterans of the company that just know how to get it all done, but they were having trouble with hiring new agents and those agents were not learning their system, how to do things from start to finish, uh, you know, effectively enough. So these guys, you know, they, they may only last a month or two. Um, so what we, what we want to do with this new platform is just make it to where they can hire new, new people onto the team, get them up to speed. It's so much easier to use from start to finish of a deal. And then now we can build this two man, three man agent team up to maybe, you know, like six or seven agents and we can just really start, you know, pumping out deals. I think, um, it's definitely a uh, a skill set to be able to sell, and that's not me. I'm I'm glad I'm not a salesman, but these guys are really good at what they do. So, um, to have a software system that allows them to just do everything, like with a, like like an oil a well oiled engine, 
I mean, we're really going to start growing really fast, I believe. So the salespeople, they're selling to which side of it or both sides, the end user to the person that are acquiring the the car from, or how does that work? Yeah, we have three teams. So, so we have like a sell side listing agent team. So these guys only deal with people wanting to sell their cars, to list them, to get their, their cars bought. Right. And then we have a buy side team and these, these agents only deal with buyers, buyers that want to buy a car full, buy a car full price or, um, put an offer under, you know, asking. Um, and then you kind of get to a point where you have to start, you really have to help the buyer and the seller, like have this like little to little friction in this deal. Cause what will happen is there's friction between a buyer and the seller and you know, the deal just falls through. So the software that we provide allow these agents to collaborate and to, um, to just really lock buyers and sellers in and then we have a transactions team and they handle all the, like the office side of things. You know, we have to have like title, title registration. We have to, they have to manage uh, shipping the vehicle from one point in the nation to another. They have to manage uh, having all these contracts. We have, you know, like throughout the process, there's different contracts that have to be signed. They have to validate driver's license and we have to validate, Hey, is this person, you know, is this person on any kind of fraudulent list? You know, we have to we have to do all these different things. And there's a lot of liability when you're dealing with three hundred thousand dollar Ferraris. You know, there's there's a lot mm-hmm. of liability in that. So we have to make sure everything is good on paper, you know, and there's a lot that goes into that process. So you really have three three teams, buy side listing agents, sell side listing agents and the transaction team on the on the back end. So let's say you fast forward the clock two years, you're killing it and the two owners come to you and say, hey, guess what? You've done such an amazing job. Pick your car. Pick one car. Let's let's go. Which which one you got? Oh man, it's out there right now. That's available right now on the website because I'm I'm looking at a 2011 Lamborghini Gallardo. <laughs> I'll be Four ninety five thousand dollars. So like, I mean, that, that's that's legit. I mean, dollar. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. But pick one car. What you got? Money aside, this- just your favorite like looking car that you like. Okay, this is what I want. All right, in this hypothetical, you're gonna be surprised. I would pick the uh, CT5B Blackwing. It's a Cadillac, and I don't think that we have one on the site right now. But oh no, okay. But it's let's it's keep talking. Cool. It is cool. It's a four door. I need four doors. Like I, I don't need that ex- that exotic car that has like the fly up, you know, doors. I, I really need four doors. I want it to be an everyday car. What's cool about it is it still comes in a manual, and that's hard to find these days because even like even those. exotic cars they have like paddle shifters i like a clutch you know and i like the shifter and you know that's just my thing so so i'm going for i'm going for like the 2023 uh cadillac ct5 blackwing for sure okay i mean did you really i mean this was a this was like an imaginary hypothetical i mean for you it's not gonna be hypotheticals in two years you're gonna kill it right We, we know that but in this moment it's hypothetical I mean, you're bringing in the family with the four doors and like using every day. Come on, this is your time to like, let's go. Give me that. Give me that sports car, the I, horsepower. No, I, don't, I only, I only have one door. Are there any cars with just one door? Does that exist? I don't know. Maybe uh, AC Cobra. Maybe I'm not okay. sure. Okay, we're skipping the four door. Four door on the second example is not allowed. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, family. Sorry, kiddo. Okay. If, okay. What's, so if we're going one? for like, if we're going for the exotics. Um, I would go Ferrari. I don't know which one I would go for. Okay. I don't, I'd, I'd have to do the research and I haven't done it because that seems like 
a pipe dream at the moment. So <laughs> I, it's I, a very it practical be, answer. <laughs> it would be a Ferrari for sure. I see a 2009 430 coupe, 135K. That looks pretty solid. Okay. Okay. So when you look at this whole thing that you're, you're trying to build, right? I mean, you know, financial stress, something that you're, that you mentioned is, is important, whether you're running toward, toward something or running from it, you know, we all have our own kind of different ways that, that motivate us and, and are powerful things that are emotionally that charge us. When we kind of look at these things and pull it all together, the current jobs you have uh, right now working for exotic uh, car trader, you know, in five years, how do you envision this kind of thing pulling together? Uh, what's possible working for this company? Yeah, I, I honestly don't think that I would ever leave this company ever. It's it's the coolest thing that I've I could have never dreamed of. You know, graduating college. Um, it, the owners have so many ideas. We've probably got two years worth of work, like ideas right now. You know, and they've got this grand dream of becoming more of like a software as a service um, platform. So, you know, right now we have a we have a website and people, customers can come to our website and start the process of buying a car or listing their car. But there's a lot of dealerships out there. Right. And so dealerships have inventory just like us. So like one thing that we could do is make a platform where dealerships can get the exotic car trader software as a service and they can brand it like like theirs with their logo their colors and then they list their cars uh and it would be like it would be it would be a different looking website than exotic car trader but it's actually still the exotic car trader website and you can you can have this dealership, this it. dealership and this dealership and they when, when they when you go to like x dealerships website you're only going to see their cars, but then you go to Exotic Car Trader and you see our cars and you see their cars. It's like that—that's a grand I, I, like idea and dream that the owners have of doing. And I hope that we get to it one day because I think that's where you really start to snowball. Um, that's where you you know you go from a uh, you know tens of million dollar company up to a billion dollar company. You know. What are their names again? The owners. Uh, so Blake and David. And yeah, oh man, they're, they're cool. They're smart guys. Uh, and I, I mean, I know that David, David finished uh, college. I know that Blake just dropped out of college. He, he knew what he wanted to do. He, it wasn't for him. Like he wanted to be an entrepreneur. He wanted to be a hustler and he hustled and he's, he's bought, he's built and sold multiple companies that have got him to this one. So he's, they're both extremely successful and they're, they're really smart guys. And like I said, David, he, uh, he built the, like the, the processing, the software of this company through no, no code tools. And even though like you don't, he knows nothing about coding, you still have to have like a developer's mindset. And, um, you know, he, I think he went to school for finance. So, I mean, he's, they're both brilliant guys. Uh, and like their motivation, you know, has, you know, enabled me to live like the best life that I can think about. So I'm just going to keep on growing with them. I'm never going to leave. Okay. That that's awesome. Having an you know opportunity, a light at the end of the tunnel, and that's one of the things. That's why I'm I personally am so passionate about talking about this stuff is because, you know, I use the word light at the end of the tunnel, right? You know, when you have a light at the end of the tunnel, hope, dreams, like something's when you're running in place on a, on a hamster wheel, that's when people get burnt out. That's when people struggle, start health problems come in because you don't have that kind of that hope, that that purpose, that dream. Yeah, and 
whether it be a side hustle, you know, outside of your main thing, or, you know, this kind of end light the tunnel with your current company or whatever it may be, or a business you're going to build on the side, whatever it is, like having that something you can push towards that, you know, allows you to hopefully be able to reach your own potential. Uh, I just think it's so, it's so important from a mind, mental standpoint, um, you know, to, to just, I mean, I hate to use the word happiness, but like the, when you're going towards something powerful and meaningful, like that's what it's all about. And, and, and I, on this channel, I've heard people talk about using the word legacy, having a legacy to live, to leave behind, whether it be to your family, to your coworkers, to a business or whatever it is, maybe, I mean, having that legacy, I think is, 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 is important for, to a lot of people. Some people it's not, that's okay. Um, everyone needs something to be prideful about, you know, and if, if you, if you're not doing anything, um, it's hard yeah, I'm sure there's some things to be, to be, you can always be prideful about your family and, and stuff, but like kind of like this personal pride, you know, you need to be doing something, whether, you know, even if it's not, not something that makes money, I mean, even if it's just a sport, like you have to have pride in something. And so, you know, if you don't have that, then uh, I I don't know, I, I would, I would feel extremely dark mentally if I didn't have anything to, uh, to strive for and be proud, you know, proud of. Yeah. I mean, I'm on the same page for sure. And like, you know, one of the things that we've talked about a lot on this channel is like, you know, when you do things right, doors open that sometimes maybe you don't even think that are even possible, but you do the work, things happen, results happen over time. And at the, at the same time, you know, you can try to share some of your ideas and insights and, and things that you're doing to, with other people, even if they know the information and want to do it, sometimes they just don't do it. Right. I mean, you can only bring a horse to water kind of a thing. But the more you do the work, the more you talk about it, the more you share about the journey, the experiences, you know, a lot of times people take notice and it's almost like this kind of this subconscious of pushing towards a, a higher level kind of rubs off on people around you. And I kind of kind of call it, I kind of call it like this gravitational force around you. The more you work, you do the more awareness people can kind of draw into what you're doing along this way. I mean, you put a lot of work on the, on the certain projects, right? Um, have you seen anybody in your circles that you've kind of noticed take some of that same type of mindset and purpose, uh, around you? Yeah. The one partner, Brendan, I talked about, um, he's, you know, he's one of my best friends and we've been just having this dream of, uh, you know, being successful for quite a while. So I think I've definitely rubbed on him. I think I'm the one that's, that, that pulls on him, uh, you know, for his benefit. You know, I'm sure he would be perfectly fine, you know, sitting around and watching Game of Thrones instead of like doing all this work that we need to do. But I'm the one who always pushes, you know, so I would say him uh, as far as all of my other friends. I don't think so. I have other friends that are doing things, you know, Alec with his Firefly mobile detailing company. But that's mm -hmm. all him. I don't I don't think that I've rubbed off on him, to be honest. And, and our uh, another good friend of Alex uh, and mine, Derek, he. uh his story is really cool. So he's, he's a, uh, like a big truck diesel mechanic and he makes pretty good money doing that, but it's hard work. And I know he doesn't want to do it forever. His wife was working at a flower shop and they're like, you know what? We could do this flower thing. Like the owner is always off traveling. You're basically running it anyway. So he's like, he told his wife, he's like, I want to open up a flower shop for you. So they sold their house and they had three kids and they bought this like little, uh, it's almost like, it's like the size of a caboose, but it's like a, like a wooden cabin. And they moved on to her uh, family's property into this cabin. 
and he put some work into it and now they don't have a mortgage and you know now they don't have all these bills because they kind of i think they piggyback off of uh her dad's bills and they may probably give him some money each month but like they that's kind of like hey that's an extreme way to get financial freedom i guess absolutely like get rid of that mortgage but they do it and they do it well so they, they start saving this money he opens up a flower shop for her and uh i think they're doing really well right now like you know whenever i go in there she's she's always busy um and he basically he does deliveries of flowers and then after he's done with that during the day then he goes and works you know a, another like 8 or 10 hour shift or whatever he does and so he's really busy at the mechanic I, shop yeah so like you know that's that's an entrepreneurial spirit as well um but i don't think that's for me i think he was going to do that either way so that's uh, awesome but what's the name say, of the flower shop uh, i think it's h and h floral it's off of jeffco boulevard kind of um Okay. Towards Arnold. Cool. It's actually probably pretty close to you because you're in that area, aren't you? Uh, well, I mean, I'm in Kirkwood. Oh, yeah, so, Kirkwood. Okay. Yeah, yeah, not too far away. Um, I'm sorry. One, one thing I forgot to ask you or, or or put it out there: Where can people, if they have questions or want to find you on social media, where can they find you or get a hold of if they have questions? Yeah, uh, my phone number, you know, three one four seven zero three six seven six four. You can, you know, put it. Uh, I don't know if there's like a dialogue here, but, um, you know, you can call me, you can email me. My, all of my contact information can be found on my website. Uh, so it's a Jack apps.com. So a J a C a P P S.com. So a J a C a P P S.com. Yes. Cool. And we'll have it in the show notes, but just want to say it out loud. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know if I have it on that direct page, but you can, I have a link to my resume in the nav bar. If you click on that, it has all my contact information at the top. So um, yeah, reach out to me anytime. That's awesome. So what about social media? Where, where, where's your Instagram? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not big on social media and I know that uh, I, I need to start doing it more. You know, pretty much Facebook is just like putting out pictures of my family and stuff like that. But um I don't do Instagram. I probably should. Maybe I will. You know, it's, it, it's, it's, the it, it's, a, it, it's a lot of work. It's a, lot, it's a time commitment when you already have your hands full and time full. I think it's like, okay, I, I posted something today. Well, tomorrow comes. Now I got to post something again. It's, I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. for me. Maybe it's not, but I haven't started yet. Really? Yeah. Let, let, let's say that for whatever reason you did. Right. And you have kind of a mental, uh, I'm sorry, a, a business mindset about it. You know, what would be the, the purpose or the value? Wh what type of insight would you want to be able to pass on to somebody? Would it be uh, entrepreneur spirit? Would it be the technical side on the, on the um, software and app side of things? What, what, what are things that you'd love to talk about? Both. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I love to talk about like the whole mentality that, you, that one has to have um, to be successful. And I love to talk about applications and software and ideas that we can do with that. But um, I, I, I wouldn't say that I'm, maybe one day I'll try and start socially influencing other people about a mindset and how to, and how to get to this lifestyle. But I feel, I feel like you truly have to be successful. And I, I consider myself successful, but I, I'm still in the journey. So, you know, and I, and I know that there's value in, in, uh, you know, documenting that journey and getting it out there. But, you know, I, I guess, I guess I haven't made it to the level yet that I feel like I can start 
really putting out content to uh to influence people and you, you know another thing and this is kind of when i can afford to pay someone to be a content manager and a content creator for me that's that's when i've that's when i've made it because i can start putting this lifestyle and this motivational you know dialogue out there and everything else but i don't have to manage it every day and i just pay someone to do it when i feel like i can afford that that that's when you'll see me on social media fair fair, fair enough fair enough I'll, and and just like kind of go back about the you know the content um i'm sorry the, the the social media content stuff like you know everybody's got their own purpose their own journey um but like i i, I am personally seeing people that do it, it it's not an overnight thing it's not going to happen overnight. If you have a purpose of trying to be able to build and, and, and market a business or, or whatever your end goal is building a digital brand, it takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. So it, it is a commitment. Um, but at the same time on the software side of things, like that's just a, it's such a big, you know, umbrella of, of content of different applications, different angles to take. And, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm interested in my own journey to, to learn more about, more about that stuff too. Um, we're running out of time here. Uh, I, um, I know you had a meeting coming up. Any other words of advice that you would give to somebody, whether it be software, entrepreneurial, any other words of advice? Yeah, I'm getting tired of talking. So I'm just going to say simply, you have to want more in life. You know, you have to want more than what you currently have. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. It keeps you, keeps you motivated. It keeps you striving. It uh, not only like it makes you a better person for your family as well. Um, Have to stay in shape. You know, you have to be confident and you have to have pride in yourself and what you can provide. You know, if you, if you have all those things, you're going to be successful and, and not just monetarily. Yeah, that's so true. All right. Last thing, 2023, what's, what's one thing that you want to get done this year? Family, personal job, whatever it is, what's, what's one or two things. Hmm. Let's make it two things, one family and one, uh, Cardinals won the world series. Is that going to happen? Really? 11, that's, a good, that's a good one, but I'm, I'm a little bit more self, self-motivated than that. I, I hope it does happen. That's, that's, that, that's the third thing. First okay, thing let's is, skip that one. Uh, I, you know, I want to be a good dad for my daughter. I want to develop her and to be, you know, to be the best that she can be. She's only a little bit over a year and a half right now. So I'm limited in some ways, but she's so smart. She's saying so many words every day. I, I want to get into some kind of like some kind of sport. And um, I know my wife wants to do dancing and I wanted to do that as well, but I want I wanted to do soccer um, when she's older, golf. So hopefully by the end of 2023, I, I have her and her like her first soccer team. That That's would be awesome. cool, or or at least I just start developing those skills. You know, going outside every day and having her kick the ball. Um, so that's one thing. Second thing is, um, you know, I I have all these different jobs that I do, uh, different applications I build. But I really just just in the past two days built that website, ajackapps.com. You can go to and see all my previous work, um, some of the stuff that I've done. Um, but I have not gotten a, an actual, you know, a new job, a new uh, application to build um, through this contracting company yet. So end of 2023, I, I want to have one or two of those, you know, let's cool. say two jobs, two jobs. Two jobs two people that need an application built or need my services and whatever service, you know, whatever I need to do to, to be of service to them. Uh, that is my goal for 2023. Cool. I, I love it. And um, I have to say, I have to say it aloud that I know that's going to come because 
I know people that have talked about your services in a very positive fashion. I know people out there that need that service. So it's just a matter of time. Um, so I, I can't wait to hear more about it, about the journey. And, uh, you know, I definitely appreciate you taking time out of your day on uh, your traveling. So I, I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you, Joel. It's been great. All right, Alex. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Strive for 25 podcast. If you're ready to jumpstart your financial journey and take it to the next level, you may want to join our 30-day habit challenge, which you can find on our website, strivefor25.com, strive, F-O-R, the number 25.com. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram by searching strive for the number 25. And if you have any questions and want to reach out to us, you can also connect with us on our website. Thank you so much.